We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Coach said, Julius, that defensively you guys made this an offensive game, and he felt like that was the mistake from the start. I mean, how would you evaluate that? Yeah, pretty much. I don't think on the defensive end they felt us uh, at all. Um, and it was just too easy to earn the rhythm all night. And when you take a look at the defense. Uh, Frank Miranda, what's going on, Frank? Uh What's up, Max? Your boy Frank from Patreon. Enough with this coach still playing drop coverages and his horrible substitution patterns. He's a fossil that needs to be buried already. I'm sorry, Frank. I'm sorry. I know everybody wants the fire tips. He'll 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 go the way of the dinosaur someday. I promise you. Probably sooner rather than later. Um, but you know, when you're missing guys and when you have a team that is not particularly high on high end talent or is not as deep as everybody seems to like to, to make out that they are, you have difficult decisions. And when you make the wrong decision and Tibbs has been, you know, you you have to say that they're the wrong decisions because they haven't been working. Right. The grass is always going to be greener on the other side, you know? So he opens himself up to that. That's, that's why, that's why coaches get criticized more than anybody because when whatever you do doesn't work, there's always an alternative. So it's like, well, clearly he chose wrong because he didn't choose the alternative and we lost going this way. It's it's the nature of the beast. Thanks, Frank. Frank with one more. What's up, Mac? It's your boy, Frank from Patreon. The Knicks should not leave Toronto without a deal for Gary Trent. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. I think Gary Trent Sr. is a little old to play for us. If the front office and coach uh, wants a mid-roster that can barely make the play and then go all in already. Yeah, I got a piece that I already have written on Gary Trent Jr. uh, coming out. Um, Probably I'll run it on Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday or Thursday. At some point this week, I'll run it. Um, I think he's a really nice player. I think he's a really good shooter. He could defend, you know, well enough. He's got decent size for the position. Um, He's been heating up. He started off the year a little slow. He's been heating up recently. He was obviously very hot tonight. I, I have some concerns. I'm not sure if it's the ideal trade for them. um, Unless the cost is just going to be cheap. And I, I I don't, I can't imagine the cost for Gary Trent jr. Is going to be that cheap, Um, but stay tuned uh, to a Knicks film school newsletter coming to an inbox near you. If you would like to read more about what I think of Gary Trent Jr. Uh, Red Sarachak, what's going on, Red? Two post blowout loss questions. If Johnny Bryan were the head coach, what changes? I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. Um, if you're a bench player that could be traded here, why come if you watch the OB situation tonight? Um, yeah, I mean, again, <laughs> The OB situation is so unique. He's playing behind Julius Randle. Julius Randle is, if he's not an all-star, he's in the all-star conversation. He was good tonight. And the coach believes in rim protection and having a traditional center on the floor at all times to attempt to protect the rim and to grab defensive rebounds. That's part of his philosophy. It's part of his religion. Um, it's a bad situation. I don't think anybody, 
I don't think other players in the league are looking at this and being like, <laughs> uh, oh no. Like, you know, if uh, I'm trying to think, if Alex Caruso got traded here, guess who's playing 30 minutes the first night he gets traded here? It's Alex Caruso. You know, Tibbs has things that he's like, that he likes um, because he believes they lead to winning. And those things that he likes uh, were leading to a lot of winning for most of this year until the last week. And uh, now he doesn't know what he's doing anymore. Thanks, Red. Um, Forgot NYC. Hashtag Obi Avengers will feel vindicated when Obi gets dealt and turns into a legit good player in a new system. I can't take Tibbs stubbornness anymore. Yeah. Everybody's sick of it, man. It's, you know, the Tibbs thing here in New York, it's, it's wild because like, like people have made up their minds, you know, everybody has made up their mind. It doesn't, and it's not one sort of fan. It's not young fans. It's not old fans. It's not, casual fans it's not fans who live and die by the data it's everybody everybody has made up their mind that this is he's just not the guy even when they're going well even when they're winning however many games in a row that they're winning you know the the compliments are like you know i guess i gotta give him credit you know, because this idea, you know, everybody wants him gone. Everybody wants him gone. Everybody's wanted him gone for a while now. People want him gone his first year here. People didn't want him hired. People wanted Kenny Atkinson, you know. He's just a lot of people are in your camp forgotten. Just he is not. He is not very many people's cup of tea. That is for sure. Dom Cappuccini with another one. Uh, Obi was the solo silver lining. I hope this was the breakout we all need with this stretch coming up. Uh, Sims was fine considering the matchup, keeping the starting five. Yeah, Sims isn't going anywhere. He's he'll continue to start games as he should. He's the best option. Uh, I thought you know he was fine. I thought he was, he was he was fine. He's you know he's doing his best Mitch impersonation, but. To anyone who has ever like looked at him doing some nice things like I did last year, and I probably even did at times this year, and I was like, huh, that Jericho Sims, he's pretty good. Do we really need Mitchell Robinson around? You better believe it. Um, as for Obi, yeah, I mean, his hitting shots and doing stuff, I mean, it'll help them. Can't hurt. Can't hurt. It'll absolutely help them. ML Nair, what's going on, ML? Um, Isaiah Hardenstein is a waste. Uh, right now he is. And McBride's decision making on the ball on ball distribution and shots are killing the Knicks. Obi needs to be on the court with Emmanuel quickly or Jalen Brunson. Yeah, because uh, I think, I mean, in fairness, when he was on the court in the for the stretch in the first half. And he was nailing all those threes. I don't, I think he was in there with the, the same unit. He was out there to start the fourth. Um, again, it just comes down to like, move the ball, make good decisions. Don't let the ball stick. Like if you're Deuce McBride, like drive, kick. If you're open, shoot. Um, you know, I, I think at some point Deuce McBride is not going to have his rotation spot anymore. And I think it's just going to be a matter of time until they make a trade. And I imagine that that will help bench units. Once he is probably on the outside looking in of the rotation, I think it'll help them score for sure. Um, but yeah, he's, he's just, I, and he's, you know, he defended pretty well tonight, but he's, he's, it's just so hard when you have, an offensive player who it just it doesn't give you anything. It's really hard. And it, it, it does help stymie Obi Toppin for sure. Thanks, ML. Uh Hushu. Uh dang, not one praise for RJ. I said he had look, he had he had some nice he had some threes, had some nice finishes. Um, you know. Had five assists. He had some, he did have some nice passes. He had one pass that stuck out where he rifled the ball to Jericho Sims under the hoop. I thought that was a great pass. Um, yeah, I I don't dislike RJ. I I want him to be better. If the team goes on a really bad losing streak in this stretch, is Tibbs' job safe? Tibbs isn't going anywhere. 
um, much to the chagrin of probably 95% of the people watching right now, Tibbs isn't going anywhere this season. Um, yeah, RJ, had an, I, I, look, RJ might get one of my stars for tomorrow's newsletter. I don't know. He just. There are moments. <laughs> what he takes off the table when he takes stuff off the table. It just. It seems like such an unforced error so much of the time. And yeah. I think he could be better. And I would like him to be better. Thanks, Hush. Uh, I-95, Bully. The Raps didn't play a player taller than 6'9". Am I off base by saying I wouldn't have minded seeing OB Randall Sims share the court? Uh, Jalen Brunson's still learning how to lead a team. I think he is. Only year five, same as Mitch. Uh, That's an interesting one. No, No, because they always had... Van Vliet or Gary Trent Jr. on the floor and they would have just put those guys in high pick and roll and like the Knicks were having enough trouble in high pick and rolls was so like you put an additional big guy on the floor it just it makes it that much easier for the Raptors to put the Knicks in really difficult choices and like for as much as they don't have players that are tall they got Fucking they're my God, they body you and they they are it's amazing what they do on the glass, specifically on the offensive glass. It really is incredible. Um gotta put bodies on those guys. You gotta be tougher. That's all it is. You gotta be tougher. Thanks, I95. ML, what's going on, ML again? Um, Tibbs recognition of his players limitations is curious. How could he have expected that fourth quarter lineup to be successful? Every guy is a poor defender. Um, well, no, no deuce isn't a poor defender. Um, RJ, I mean, are we, are, I guess you're calling RJ Barrett a poor defender. Um, he should not be a poor defender. Uh, but hard, you know, and Obi, like everybody wants to see more Obi top of minutes. So I guess he can't be that poor of a defender, right? Uh, no, I think again, the, the early fourth quarter, that's why I'm, that's why I'm being hard on RJ. RJ took a dreadful shot. It was an early shot clock shot in which he went two on one or one on two rather, excuse me. The ball got stripped, led to a fast break, easy bucket. And then he had, uh, I think he had another one that was a bad turnover where he was passing to, I don't know who the fuck he was passing to. And then there was one other um, shot that he got blocked. Uh, that was just like a not, it was not a smart look. Like if you're the guy running those the offense, like you gotta, you know, be better. Um, I think that was the issue with that lineup more than the defense. It was the, it was the fact that the, the, the poor play of the offense during that stretch led to several Toronto, either transition opportunities or semi transition opportunities. That was the problem that I, as I saw it, I don't know. Thanks. ML. Um, MRNK uh, sterile, unimaginative offense, aimless, unjustified substitution patterns, patterns, total absence of cerebral in-game adjustments. Yay. Tibbs. You're, you know, a lot of people feel the same way as you. A lot of people feel the same way as you. That, you know, coach is worthless and should move on from him sooner rather than later. I will. I I feel like I am obligated to point out that the sterile, unimaginative offense uh, came into tonight ranked sixth in the NBA, I believe. Uh, You know, I don't know that. I don't know that that matters. They had 30 assists tonight. Um, but again, I don't, those are just, those are just numbers. Uh, thanks. M R N K. Uh, busy. What's going on? Busy. Can you please explain to me why we have to play Sims and I heart for the entire 40 minutes? That's a good one. See, that's a good one that I think is really valid. I think there's stuff that's not valid and ridiculous. And then I think that there's stuff that's very valid. And I think that's extremely valid. 
again, if the reasoning is because you want to make sure it's rim protection and a defensive glass, and then you got a guy out there, especially in Hardenstein, who's not protecting the rim and who's not really helping on the defensive glass, well then, you know, what's your justification? That's where I mean, where it's like, okay, do you, like, you have to get a little bit more creative here. Uh, anyway, you can't tell me it was defense uh, when we gave up 120 in the last two games. Yeah, no, it's, it's again, it's not working. It's not working. It's a small sample size, uh, but it's not working. And you can't tell me it's rebounding. They combined for nine rebounds tonight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, the, I, the one thing I'll throw in there, generally speaking, don't judge the centers ever by how many actual defensive rebounds they get because their job is to box out and let Julius or let one of the guards or whoever grab the rebound so they can initiate the offense. Um, That's by design. That said, no, the defensive rebounding was not good tonight. It was not good the other night. And it's, I don't think it's going to get any better, which is why, like, I think we have seen enough of a sample size of Isaiah Hardenstein to know that like if if these are the reasons that you're keeping him in the game, those are not great reasons. And it's you have to look at an adjustment with Mitchell Robinson out. You just have to. I don't think that there's any way around it. So good good call, Busy. Thank you for for the um generous contribution as always and with one more here's busy well uh meanwhile we played only 10 minutes tonight going five of uh i think it went five of eight from the field this is minutes distribution malpractice it re- as it relates to your last comment again i agree put him on the floor with randall you couldn't have gotten much worse results uh if we're not going to play defense put five guys on the floor that could score no, but I, I I really do believe that like Hardenstein is not as bad defensively as we make him out to be sometimes, but I have to think that there is some defensive upside to trying Obi and Randall together. You know, it you gotta you gotta be creative here because if you're not creative, the same thing as happened last year could happen now. Uh, Jibo, what's going on, Jibo? Simply, we have no margin for error injury on this team. Uh, yes, <laughs> very, very true. Which is why we should make a move before the deadline. Good job tonight, RJ. OB is good. Um, OB is good. Again, RJ did some nice things. Mm, make a move before the deadline. I, I, I don't think they should wait that long. Like the deadline is like two and a half weeks away. Yeah, I read the schedule off before. Yeah, a lot of tough games between now and then. Like, I understand you got to negotiate and like the whole thing, and you got to make the right deal for your team, and you don't want to rush it, and like you don't want to set the market because like at some point one of these guys, you know, Caruso, Crowder, maybe Gary Trent Jr. Um, Eric Gordon. Uh, I'm trying to think of other ones who I'm forgetting. Uh, <clears throat> Reggie Bullock, maybe. Like at some point, one of these guys is going to get traded, and you know, Grayson Allen. You know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think of other guys on like losing teams. Um, at some point, one of these guys is going to get traded, and it's going to s- kind of set the market. And like, you don't want to be the team to set the market in a bad way. And right now, because everybody is still in it, with the exception of five teams, 25, it's amazing when we say that, 25 teams in the league are, are legitimately still telling themselves, we're in it. Um, everybody's looking to buy. Nobody's looking to sell. Malik Beasley is another one. Um, but yeah, even like the Jazz, they're not looking to sell yet. Like all of these teams are not looking to sell. Or if they are secretly looking to sell... When teams call them up, they're like, "Yeah, we're we're in the race. We're not, we're 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 not selling, you know." 
And then if you're a team like Detroit with Bogdanovich or Burks or Houston with Eric Gordon, or I don't know if anybody wants like Terrence Ross from Orlando, um, you know, if you're, if you're any of these or, or fuck San Antonio with Josh Richardson or Doug McDermott, like if you're any of these teams and you have one of those guys and you know that the guy, that the teams that are in the play in race or in the playoffs are telling folks calling up about their guys. Well, like, Hey, we're in it. We're not, you know, we don't, we're not, unless you want to blow us away with an offer, we're not trading these guys. Like that's going to set your market too. And that's why we're sitting here and we're 18, 19 days ahead of the trade deadline. And there hasn't been a single meaningful trade. I know there was like a, a, a luxury tax thing that Boston did recently, but the, the market is so stagnant right now because someone is going to need to be the first domino and it's probably going to be a desperate team and it might be us uh, because shit, are they desperate at the moment for a little help? Uh, you know, and Hey, listen, they got a bunch of protected firsts. So, you know, is it worth it? I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Thanks, Chibo. Uh, Helmer Ponchero. What's going on, Helmer? Assuming the Knicks can go 0-7 in the next seven games, will the Knicks be buyers or sellers? This will be the breaking point for this front office. Um, I don't think that they're going to go 0-7. If they go 0-7, they will be 25-30. and 30. Um. I struggle. <clears throat> I struggle to see a world where they're sellers only because I'm not sure what them being sellers looks like. And here's what I mean by that. They have a top six of Brunson, Randall, RJ, Mitch, and Grimes. I'm leaving quickly aside for a second. They're not trading any of those players. Um, I mean, I suppose there's a world where some team could absolutely blow them away for Julius Randle if they if they do go on a 10-0 or an 0-10 stretch. Uh, maybe they entertain those conversations. Actually, it wouldn't shock me if they entertain those conversations, but even so, someone would need to like beyond blow them away. Um, if they do go on that sort of stretch, I do wonder if they would change their stance on like entertaining quickly trades. Um, <clears throat> if at that point they're just like, yeah, we would rather have a new first round pick around the same range that quickly was taken or preferably a little bit better. I don't think they would do that. I got, obviously I hope they don't do that. Um, and then there's Obi, you know, like I'm, I'd be willing to bet that a team, if they made a decent offer to the Knicks could have Obi topping right now. I don't, I don't think them they could go seven and oh, they could go oh and seven. I don't think it's gonna change their position on Obi Toppin very much. Um it's about what are they getting. So like, you know, the the Knicks aren't a team, you know, they're not a team like the I'm trying to think. They're not a team like the Jazz or I'm trying to think of a team like Oh, here's a good one. Like the, the, well, no, that's not it. I was going to say the Mavs. Like imagine like Luca got injured or something and he like had to miss the rest of the year. I hope he doesn't, but like they have a bunch of like mid tier contracts that theoretically other teams could want. Although like who really wants some of those, some of that money? Um, like the Knicks, are, my point is like the Knicks are not incredibly well positioned to just turn around and be like, all right, we're going to be sellers. Like let's get it. Like the guys that you would think of that they would do that with are guys that people don't want or teams don't want. So that's why I'm, I'm not sure about that one. Thanks, Helmer. For over 30 years, the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum in New York City has been home to a team of award-winning, hard-hitting injury attorneys who have a long track record of seven-figure results. Whether you've been injured in a car accident, fall, construction accident, or other traumatic event, Weiss and Rosenblum will work tirelessly to maximize the award, regardless of the severity of your injury, and get you and your family the fair and just compensation you deserve. Call Weiss and Rosenblum today at 212-366-6100. Again, that's 212-366-6100.
or visit weissandrosenblum.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. Personal attention to your matter is a priority. Once more, call 212-366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney, not a rookie. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, Calm Soul Studio, thank you for the contribution. Appreciate it. Uh, Busy uh, with another one. Thank you, Busy. You're very kind. Overall, I'm happy with the offense, but I just wonder why we can't try something different when the usual doesn't work. I mean, when the usual doesn't work, it usually has something to do with A, the other team is probably doing something well, um, and B, like the Knicks are, again, a team short on top-end talent. Like, you know, you, you know I'm... You know I'm always going to push back with the numbers after tonight. Yeah, the Knicks are still sixth in offense. There are five teams in the NBA that have a better offense than the Knicks. You know. Obviously, we should still fire the coach because he's he's not responsible for for them being good in that department. Um Clearly, that happens despite him. <laughs> Sorry, I have to have to have a little fun when I can. Uh, yeah, like they're really good on offense. Busy. I, I don't like. They know what they are. They know what they want to do. They when when it goes bad, you know why it's going bad. It's because they get into the one bad habit that they have, which is that they don't move the ball enough and they don't move enough as players around. But when they when they move with the ball and they move around and. Like again, the, we're we're sitting here and talking about the sixth ranked offense in the league, and their bottom five in three point shooting, which is like I wouldn't have thought that was possible in the NBA in 2023, but it is, and they're doing it without a star player. So, yeah, I mean, it's the defense right now. They got to clean up the defense. Uh, equals peace. What's going on? Equals peace. 14 points in 11 minutes for Obi, and he barely sees the floor in the second half. I really get on Tibbs, but I didn't understand that decision. Yeah. It's Tibbs being inflexible and it's one of his negative qualities. One of his bigger negative qualities. Um, you know, it's a positive sometimes when his inflexibility leads to good results. 
when he sticks something out and the thing that he sticks out turns around and, you know, ends up looking better. Um, but when that doesn't happen, he just looks like a guy who's unwilling to change. And it's not a good look. It's not a good look. Thanks. Equals peace. One uh, sex 51. Do you think RJ only realizes stardom in a five out system? That's a good question. Um, hmm. I think it'll help him for sure. I think it'll help him become a more efficient offensive player. I don't, I don't know that he's ever going to realize stardom in the way that like, I don't know, like what's a star. Um, there are ways that he could be realizing stardom right now. They're right in front of him on the court. You know, it's just better decision-making, make more passes. Like, you get, you know, like Kawhi Leonard, Jimmy Butler, Paul George. Um, I'm trying to think of like other wings that have like really been the best wings in the sport over the last like 10, 15 years. Those guys are stars in part because they play both ways really well. And they're really good two-way players. And yes, the offense has a lot to do with it for all three of those guys that I just mentioned. That goes without saying. But defensively, like all of those guys have made all NBA teams. Like, you know, Kawhi's been in the defensive player of the year conversation. Um, Like, even Chris Middleton, right? Who's a guy that like is again known for his offense. Like Chris Middleton, you can't fuck around with Chris Middleton on defense. That dude holds his own. He plays like his size. Um, he makes life difficult on on opponents. He's not taking anything off the table defensively. I'm not worried about RJ's offense. I think RJ's offense is gonna be fine. Shoots the ball well. He's become better as a finisher this year. He's he's taken less bad shots after after he got over a rough beginning of the season. Like he, we know he could pass it. He had some nice passes tonight. Like he's 22. He's not always going to make the right decisions on offense. I'm fine with that. I don't mind it. You got to defend, man. You got to defend. You want to be a star wing in the league? Fucking go look at your boy Andrew Wiggins. And look at how he had people calling for him. Not, I mean, obviously, Steph was the runaway finals MVP last year. But, you know, why do you think Andrew Wiggins was the second best player in the finals for the NBA champion? Because he defends. You know, is he the best defender in the world? No, he's not the best defender in the world. He entered the league with a, a good defensive rep- reputation. He never really quite lived up to it. But he stuck with it. He became a guy who just knew how to use his size and his ability. And like, I understand RJ doesn't have that level of athleticism. I get that. But like what he makes, what he loses in athleticism, he makes up for in size, I think, because he's a, he's a big guy. He's big, he's strong, you know? Um, And yet he doesn't play strong on defense at all. Not even a little bit. And if you're not going to play strong on defense and you're not going to be able to keep up with quicker guys and you're not going to be able to use your size to prevent littler guys from getting penetration on you whenever they want, what are you doing? You know? But of course, all of that is neither here nor there because we live in a world where, you know, RJ we'll get the perpetual pass and the the coach will get the perpetual blame. That's, that's just how we go about things. Good question. Uh, Hayden Freed with another one. Randall can't play less. Randall and Obi are the reason the Hawks killed us. Obi should play more. <laughs> All things can't happen. Um, Tibbs coach equals this isn't Obi's home. Uh, I think there is a world where it could happen here. I agree it is unlikely given 
again, how this coach operates and what he values. And again, that I, I keep saying what he values. There's a reason he values the things that he values. He values the things that he values because they generally do lead to winning basketball, you know, rebounding, rim protection, sealing off the paint, um, all of those things. But perfect is the enemy of the good. And right now, like Tibbs' perfect world doesn't exist. So he needs to just try to be good enough. Now, when Mitch is back healthy, is that going to change anything? Like, yeah, eventually, if they're going to keep Randall, then they have to trade Obi. That's true. Thanks, Hayden. Uh, equals peace with another one. Teams see a layup line um, opportunity with Sims in there. He's just not enough of an interior presence. We need to make a move. I don't think they're going to make a big trade to to seal a leak for three weeks. I'd be very surprised actually if they did that. I mean, unless it's an absolutely no, like you know the the Abaka rumor came up this week, um, but like I don't like I, again. This is one of those things where we should want to develop Jericho Sims. I understand it's, it, there's a bump, there's bumps in the roads, but like Jericho Sims, the last two days in Mitchell Robinson's absence. And even if you want to go back a game before that against Washington, um, I, I think he's done enough where you should want to keep seeing more. I spoke about this in the last game. It's like the difference between Jericho Sims and Deuce McBride for me right now is like, I've seen enough of Deuce, like, to know that, like, I don't know if I need to see any more this season. He needs to just get better on the ball and needs to be able to make sure, sh- like, shoot confidently, make more shots more consistently. Sims, I've seen enough that I want to see more. And I think this time for him could yield really significant dividends in the long run. He's still learning. And I, or, and I think it's worth it to continue investing in this player. I think he's a good player. I think he has a chance to be maybe even a, lot of, a little bit better than. A good player. Uh, Red Sarachek with another one. Uh, Julius is on a 40 minute tonight and all he does is ball out. Uh, hypothetical that I had to think about, but would you trade uh, Emmanuel, or Isaiah Harnstein for a Saturday night reservation at Carbone easily? I've never been to Carbone. I always wanted to go to Carbone. Always wanted to go. I, I thought I was going to get a chance to go. Um, like a year ago, and it didn't come. It didn't didn't come through. I yes, I would I would I would trade uh, Isaiah Hardstein for a Saturday night reservation at White Castle at this point. But I don't. Uh, White Castle's not giving away those burgers. Those burgers are good. I haven't had a White Castle burger in so long. I miss White Castle. I love White Castle so much. Anyway. Fargo Tufo, what's going on, Fargo? Um, me and Tankathon are going to become good friends. Listen, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Might be getting there. Might be getting there. We're getting. We're 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 not there yet. Thanks, Fargo. Dom Cappuccini, we want more. Dom, you are the MVP tonight, man. Thank you. You and Busy coming up huge. Uh, I'm starting to walk away from the cliff. <laughs> See, it only took an hour and 20 minutes. I know the vibes a little over a week ago had us all dreaming about a fifth seed. Ed, you speak for yourself. I was more like, let's get that six. If we settle in around eighth after 82 games, I can't say I wouldn't be happy with that outcome last October. I mean, going into the year, I think most of us were like, hey, the nine seed would be a really nice year. And then expectations kind of change. Now, given how well they started off, were the expectations correct to change? Yes. Does this Mitchell Robinson injury perhaps adjust the expectations back to where they were before the season? I think that that's fair. Um, I'm not about to sit here and be like, nine would be a good year. Cause I don't believe that like if you're a decent team, you should be able to figure out how to get again, this stretch, it would have been what five and five and nine 
Then it went to five and eight. And now after today, it's like they have to go five and seven. And you get like a decent team with the talent they still have on the roster should figure out how to get five more wins before the all-star break. And if you get to the all-star break at 30 and 30 from there, you could make a run at seven or eight, especially given the East this year where there are no world beaters unless Atlanta goes on a run. And I don't, I, I think, I think their defense is fundamentally broken. I don't think that they will defend at a high enough level to go run away and hide with the seven seed. Miami, I'm already conceding the six seed to, but I think the Knicks should be able to be in the running for the seven seed at the very least from now until the end of the year. If, if they could figure out a way, just get to the freaking all-star break at 500. I don't know if they could do it. Maybe they can. We'll see. Red Sarah check with another one. Um, we're blessed. Emmanuel quickly is a Nick. Yep. Get to succeed and avoid the play in game. I would love that. I, you know, I watched the whole fourth quarter of Miami game today against uh, new Orleans. I try to watch Miami as much as I can because like I'm constantly high on them. I obviously it's, it's become a running bit. I talk them up all the time in the, in the Patreon pod just because I have in obscene amount of respect for Pat Riley uh, and Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. But like I was watching them tonight in the fourth quarter and like they, that boy talk about a game that came down to the wire that had no business coming down to the wire. Give New Orleans all the credit in the world. They're missing Zion. They're missing Ingram. And they keep, they're just, they fight. They fight. And you want to talk about a team that's flexible. And you want to talk about a coach who has no, no golden cows. Like Jonas Valanciunas, like, wasn't in the fourth quarter of that game. He sits a lot of fourth quarters. It's matchup dependent. Like, they were playing the Heat. Jonas Valanciunas would have gotten cooked by Miami, probably at both, you know, would have gotten cooked certainly on the defensive end of the floor because Miami's good enough to exploit that. And like they would be able to handle him on the defensive end because they have Bam. So what is, what does Willie Green do? He goes with um, Larry Nance Jr. for pretty much the entire fourth quarter of that game. That's flexibility. Now, did they win the game? No. Did Larry Nance Jr. have a couple of moments there in the fourth quarter? Like they, they had a, opportunity to pass to him down low. He just kind of fumbled the pass and it went out of bounds. And it was a really big play in the moment. I'm going off on a tangent. The point is like, um, Willie green, good flexibility. Great job by him. I think he's in the absolutely should be in the discussion for coach of the year. Like the final real discussion for coach of the year, not just like, Oh, he should be in the discussion. Um, but they still lost. And the reason they lost is because Miami was just good enough at both ends just good enough on defense and they were just good enough on offense. They're not great at either. I don't even know if they're very good at either, but they're good enough at both. And I think that will carry them far. They clearly don't get rattled. Um, Hero is a freaking good offensive player. He makes tough shots, takes a lot of tough shots, makes a lot of tough shots. And, uh, you know, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo or Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. So I think they're going to get six seed if the Knicks can get seven. Be a great job by them. Thanks, Red. Forgotten NYC. Obi reminds me of fans who fall in love with the backup quarterback. No, Obi's good. And and I do believe he'll be good probably on his next team when he gets traded. You know, because I imagine whoever's going to trade for him is going to trade for him with a plan. And they're like, we're going to use this player in this particular way. And we're going to take the good that comes with it. We're going to take the bad that comes with it. And I think you're going to get a situation like, you know, with Christian Wood in Dallas, where Christian Wood, all anybody wants to talk, all anybody wants to talk about is how great Christian Wood has been on the offensive end of the floor, and like the numbers, the overall numbers with him and Luca are so good, and they're outscoring teams with them on the floor, and the offense is like this crazy good offense. Meanwhile, Dallas is the twenty fifth or 26th ranked defense in the league this year, you know? And like, I understand you could point to like the numbers with wood on the floor and say, well, it's not really all wood. Okay. But he's a big part of it, you know? And what happens, I think what's going to happen with Obi is going to get traded to his next team and people are going to pay a lot of attention to the offense. And I would, you know, and we see this with other guys too, with like Valanchunas, 
people want to pay pay mostly of, of the attention to the offense. It's easier to pay attention to the offense. You know, when the numbers are pretty and you get the highlights and the whole thing, wherever he goes, it doesn't matter where he goes. Obi Toppin is going to present his next coach with some unique challenges, I'll say, unless it's a team that has a legit rim protecting, you know, somewhat versatile five on the defensive end that could also hit threes on offense, which is why the Indiana situation is so fascinating because in theory, they have the perfect front court partner for Obi Toppin. And if he goes there with that fucking point guard, I, I, I do think that is like the perfect situation for him. If he goes anywhere else, I'm kind of less excited. Anyway, uh, sex 51 with another one. Not the biggest tips fan, but what can a Quinn Snyder type come in and do with this roster? Spacing and star power are very lacking. Makes coaching hard. Ah, stop, stop, stop talking sense. Stop talking sense. No, Quinn would come in here. He'd have all the answers. He'd have all the answers. Team would be a four seed in a week. Without question. Uh, Mark Sable, what's going on, Mark? How you doing, bud? Not defending Tibbs, but to me, the blame for where this team is falls on the front office for failing to acquire a star after making trading for one their only path. Um, I would never ask anybody else to defend Tibbs. I have, I have, I've taken that that mantle proudly. Um, yeah, no, I'm not going to blame the front office. Front office put together a good team. They did a nice job. They made some mistakes along the way. Um, the Mitchell thing didn't go their way. They thought they were playing it smart. It didn't work out. It happens. You know, it doesn't like they didn't make that trade. So they get an, they get a do over, you know, um, and the way they earn their do-over is if this team performs well enough. And as we're sitting here today, as much as the sky seems like it's falling right now, they're 25 and 22. And that's good enough. And that's good enough. And it means the front office gets to continue feeling pretty good about what they've done. Um, their job is not over. They need to do more, especially now with the team really showing itself to be pretty thin. But that's that's nothing to do with a star, you know. Would it be nice to have a star? Yes, it would be nice to have a star. But they they don't have one, and you know it is what it is. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it as always. Robert Cross. I knew we were going to hear from him eventually. First time, long time, John. Didn't watch tonight's game. Well, you're you're a loss, Robert. Do we have anything to look forward to before the All Star game? Hashtag fifty three wins. Um, I don't know. This team surprising us again. Like. You would have bet anything <clears throat> after both of the Mavs games, I guess, right? <laughs> you would have bet it actually even three times. I'll give you okay. After the Oklahoma City game, the first one at home, season felt like it was over. After the first Mavs game, season felt like it was over. After the second Mavs game. The season felt like it was over. <laughs> now, I recognize after the second Mavs game, they lost the game after that to San Antonio, but they rebounded each of those times and they showed a character and a spirit and a togetherness that I did not believe that they had each of those times. Maybe, maybe that's what we have to look forward to. Maybe they show us one more time that they have the ability to dig down, dig deep and be better. We'll find out. We'll find out. Busy with another one. Regarding RJ's playmaking, if you don't use a skill for a while, it becomes rusty. He doesn't get a lot of time to do that when Brunson is on the ball. I go more by a player's usage rate and 
if a guy gets a commensurate usage rate, like again, we're we're not imagining this stuff with RJ Barrett. We, you know, it's there's been a lot of passes he's left on the table. Now, if you want to tell me it's the skill is becoming rusty, I I think it has more to do with the fact that like, especially earlier in the year, RJ was was trying to prove himself, uh, having just gotten paid a hundred million dollars. And he was the centerpiece of the Donovan Mitchell trade until he wasn't. He made some nice passes tonight. He has it in him to make good passes, but he also has it in him to think that he could put the team on his back when the results perhaps do not justify that. And I think what happened at the beginning of the fourth quarter tonight was one of those instances where RJ's like, I got this. And he was not, he knows better. He's a, such a smart player. This is why everybody loves him. Like we know he's smart and I don't think he utilizes that skill and that should be his best skill. That should be his best skill. It is not always his best skill. Thanks busy. Busy with another one. You said it yourself when a team like Toronto shut down the engine, then what? Uh, people like RJ are just not used to doing the playmaking anymore. That's very fair. That's fair because they do play a certain style with Brunson. And that's why I, I really do want to give Julius Randle a lot of credit because like, I thought Randle <clears throat> took on the challenge and the responsibility of look, Brunson's, he doesn't have it against his team. It's not happening. I have to direct the offense. And like, again, to his credit, that is not something Julius Randall's had to do a lot this year. And I thought he did it really well. Um, and he's a really good basketball player. And like RJ should not be expected to be on that level yet. Cause Randall's had a much longer runway and he's had experience as the number one guy in a team. So, but yeah, but like, I don't know. And also quickly, also quickly's out too. So that's another part of it, right? You're playing without that guy too. And quickly does a lot of stuff in subtle ways that it, especially cause he shares the floor with RJ. So yeah, if you want to make the argument that RJ was kind of a fish out of water tonight, I will hear that. I will hear that hundred percent. I will give him more of a pass tonight. Mea culpa. I'm sorry, RJ Barrett. I was too hard on you. Happened an hour and 35 minutes into the post game broadcast that I'm saying as much, but. Better late than never, right? Um, yeah, it was it was not a great, maybe not a great night to pick on RJ for that reason. Busy, good job by you pointing that out. Absolutely. Um, he still could be better. He still could be better, and I, I trust he will be better moving forward. All right, I think that's it. Um, you know, I know we got a lot of angry people out there, and uh, that's that's fair. It sucks to lose. It sucks to lose. It's not fun to lose. Um, especially when you've been doing a lot of winning. And the Knicks have done a lot of winning this year. This team was 25 and 19. You believe that? And now it feels like we're never going to win another game. That's baseball, Susan. Okay. Uh, enough for me. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, like the video. Uh, subscribe to the channel. Follow Knicks Film School on social media. Anywhere you get your social media fix. At Nick Film School, that's S-K-O-L. We will be back. Me and Jeremy are going to be on our usual um, show tomorrow. I'll be curious to see how that goes uh, after what was a a very bad week. Very bad week. I I, I don't know why I started the show saying this was they were one and three and four the last five. They're I I I, in my mind the the Detroit game came. After the Toronto game. I don't know why I did that. I don't know why I did that. Anyway. They'll get a win. Eventually. At some point. I promise. (laughs) That's all I'll leave you. I'll see you guys later.